Hey guys, this is Dagon123, and welcome to... Hello everyone, and welcome to the next exciting episode of TenchiCast, presented by TenchiForum.com. Tenchi has a few series that have a great division in what the fan response is, and one of these dark horses is none other than TenchiMuyo GXP, which we are here to talk about today. With me, I have a fantastic cast of members from Tenchi Forum. Crazed. I want to die. Pi. Since 1997. Hiromek. JG. Calling in from a parallel dimension. And who? Hey everybody, great to be back. So, right off the bat, what did you like about GXP, if anything? Uh, well, what did I like about GXP? Um, there's not a whole lot that I liked about GXP in all honesty. I mean, the the few things I did like, <clears throat> I enjoyed it when um, Kiriko goes berserk and just started killing people because it was so out of character for her. Uh, something I never thought I'd see her do. Other than that, I enjoyed uh, Shank as a villain. You know, like I said in the villains cast, he was truly ruthless, um, strangled little Cabot clones. Uh, I actually enjoyed him as a as a villain as opposed to, say, some of these ones we've had here recently. But other than that, I really don't have a whole lot to say about GXP that I liked. There wasn't a whole lot of, there's not a whole lot more I can say about it. Uh, I'm somewhat like Craze where there's spots in between. I mean, the overall kind of forced slapstick area of it was kind of against my grain, but I did enjoy seeing the episodes that tied the overall universe more together. There was different ones where they elaborated on, like, the drying technology, and, you know, some fans might get the wrong idea by me saying this, but I did enjoy some of the world building and seeing how Jirai operated with the politics. Maybe not the specific characters, like how Seto depicts herself and some of that, but seeing how things function and like Washu's poor and some of the stuff about the GP that we'd never really seen detailed before was nice. You know, Kirito going berserk was kind of interesting. I actually would have rather seen probably another two or three episodes of her you know, playing female Terminator, but, uh, uh, that and the, of course the dual elements, I think would be my favorite stuff, you know, all about four episodes worth. Uh, that's a, that's a good question. Um, as I'm gonna, I'm gonna confess here and people are gonna go, what, well, what's he even doing on the cast? Well, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, uh, filling in for, for, uh, space here. Couldn't get everybody on um, today, last minute. So, but I'm confessing that I've not even seen the entire series. Yes, um, and kind of like Craze said, I won't won't focus on what I didn't like um, because that's kind of why I didn't able to finish it. To uh, some of the things, uh, some of the things I did like. Uh, ch -ch -ch, well, 
this this does not apply for the dub for obvious reasons. Cov83 uh, cast slash rant, but um, they threw in a little cameo with with the with the Tenchi uh, with the Tenchi cast, the original Tenchi cast, not us. Um, and although we are the original podcast, anyway, there's a different you know a totally different uh, direction, and it was centered around a a different main character. We had um, a huge cast of of new characters so that way it could really you know be its own series uh but then you know having a little bit of a of a tie-in to the original series its namesake and uh, the original characters that we were expecting to see coming in i'm sure with a title like tenchimuyo gxp or gp whatever the case may be there um so unlike um say war on geminar where we got like nothing um it was it was kind of nice to um especially since here again with the title of being tied in tenchi muyo people are coming in first time we're going to expect um to at least see tenchi and we got a little bit of that so so that was nice um as was just um just you know a lot of uh, a lot of tenchi the ova that is was focused on the masaki household was focused on earth you know, right around literally the the household there. Uh, GXP, we we kind of got this this tour guide approach to the GP right along with um, with Sena uh, being being introduced um, to it kind of proper, if you will, I guess. So uh, so yeah, those are those are some of the some of the, some of the things that uh, that that I liked about it. Well, I am a strong supporter of the franchise because I actually enjoyed it. And I will agree with who is in like the fact that you know you get to get out there. You know, it's the first time. It's like in Tenchi, he really doesn't leave his house much. I liked it because I went in and I and I had I went in with that impression that it's not Tenchi, it's not his adventures. It's a new character with no like really not much connection to Tenchi other than he like knows him and he lives in the same neighborhood. And I enjoy it because it had little quirks that I liked. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I liked it, but there was still things that I did not like about it. But just the fact that like, I enjoyed like the atmosphere they had, you know, they was, it was the same kind of atmosphere with like how they would intention, but it was with a different character. And I thought the characters worked together. I thought they belonged together in like one thing. And I liked how that group chemistry worked. And then I liked how the fact that, like how who said, you know, they got to explore space and I liked how that worked. But I liked just this chemistry that the group had and how like it was kind of similar to what, like some some way similar to what Tenchi was doing or what Tenchi had done. And other than, you know, they didn't just stay in like one house for the entire like season. They like moved around like a lot and they were in the GP and doing missions and showing they're they're showing this kid who has like skills and he's actually like, he's like just some human. Like I liked how they made him. He was just a normal human. And then he ends up becoming like all special and stuff like that. I also like that and how the fact that like, it's like an, it's like an underdog story. Almost. He goes from like being some kid on earth to like, respected member of the gp before he's even graduated from the academy and that that was really got me but what it was just going in knowing 
that it was not Tenchi, so I couldn't expect it to be like that. What can I say about GXP that I liked? Well, actually, I got a couple things that I really do like. As Craze mentioned before, really like Tarrant as a villain. Uh, he's sadistic. He's got excellent marksmanship. In fact, episode 10 goes at length to essentially show that Tarrant could have easily killed Sane at any point in that chase. But every time he purposefully moved his gun away from that de from that dead shot and shot shot at him, he's a sadistic villain. I love that about him. And the entire season, he's tenaciously de dealing with Sena. He's he, trying to eliminate any kind of uh, competition that he would have and say, Serio and what have you. I really, really dug him. Speaking of Serio, Serio, he starts out as just kind of the same character we saw from the end of uh, OVA Series 2 as he's just running around the GP. He's no longer Iaka's suitor, so he went back to essentially what he knew, which was he was going back to teach at the Galaxy Police Academy, and damn it, that Tenchi just ruined my ent entire perception of Earthlings. I hate Earthlings. Sena, you're an Earthling. I hate you out of principle. And he essentially is a goofy adversary for a while, and he's a butt of a lot of jokes very early on. However, as the story progresses, you start seeing more and more of him try to make something of himself. One of the episodes I love about Serio is episode 18, which for those of you any the uh, for those of you who don't know, the director of this series was uh, Shinichi Watanabe, better known as Nabi Shin, uh, who also did Excel Saga. Episode 18 shows Serio's journey, where he goes from planet to planet on this epic journey, trying to find all these items to create this luck ship to essentially counteract saying his bad luck. And you get to see all his hardships, all his adventures, all his love affairs, uh, all these wacky things that have happened to him, which directly parallel a lot of things that happen in uh, Excel Saga with a character named Pedro and his son Sandora, who are also interacting with the self-insert character of Nabashin himself. And that was just nice. It's a very stark contrast between the way that Serio builds himself up, working hard, doing the work, getting in the field, as opposed to Sena, who in the same episode is laying back on the beach, sipping uh, drinks, running away from the girls, watching the girls play in the sand and in the ocean, and so on and so forth. You have this stark contrast between lazing about and working hard, and Serio worked his ass off in that episode. Now, alongside Serio, you have Alan, Barry, and Cohen, who were originally on the bridge of the transport ship that was essentially transporting Sena from Earth to the Galaxy Police uh, International uh, Immigration Station. And they slowly get integrated into the pirates and well, and essentially start becoming Serio's second fiddle. They essentially become his uh, si his sidekicks, and they have a similar kind of story where they're working around with him, helping him uh, achieve his goals. I really like that little quartet. Essentially, they very well uh, contrasted what was going on with Sena and his crew aboard the Kamidake too. Uh, meanwhile, you also have uh, NB, who again, Nabishin is known for inserting his own himself into his uh, stories. NB is a little spheroid robot, very similar to the uh, Haru from Gundam, and except this one's been reprogrammed and tinkered with by Amane as well as. Um, S uh, Sena's roommates, and has become a horrible, 
horrible lecher. Now, when he's not being a horrible lecher, what he's doing is he actually points out and diffuses, or sometimes is, sometimes explodes, certain people's other schemes. For example, Amane was, in one episode, Amane is supposed to be training Sena, but all she's doing is prostrating herself on the couch, essentially distracting him from what he's supposed to be doing. Well, in the entire time, NB was filming her, and late in the episode, when she tries to play off, oh, I was just training Sena, there was nothing going on, NB pops up and says, what you really want to see, what was going on was this. Proceeds to put on his manly face with the cigarette uh, icon sitting in his fingers, and proceeds to show all of the footage of her teasing Sana, which just wrecks her entire plan of playing playing it off and having Sana to herself. I love how NB essentially uh, trolls the entire show. Uh, for about the first two-thirds of the show, NB is in the background being either a lecher or a complete nutter troll to the entire series. And I loved the troll side of him, how he essentially broke up the monotony of the show. Uh, similarly, uh, again, Craze mentioned that uh, Kiriko got to have her chance of being a badass in episode 10 alongside Tarrant. I, I would have loved to, see, loved to see a lot more of that. However, the next episode, episode 11, uh, actually had Ryoko Bolota's backstory and essentially showed her uh, playing both sides, playing the Galaxy Police and the Pirates, and showed a lot of contrast. It actually developed her character a lot, uh, which would have been very, very great to see a lot more of that duality. That tension of her skirting that line between being a double agent for the for the Pirates and trying to be loyal to Sena for her affections for him. That that was a, a great episode, and actually had, some, had a gripping moment when she was essentially ordered to assassinate Sena. Uh, and likewise, as JG said, the uh, episodes with the Zimv uh, idol unit at the very end of the series had some very dramatic and very awesome uh, special effects and very uh, uh, good action. That's, sadly, again, if only it had been drawn out for a few more episodes. But there were some very good po points of the series that I did appreciate. I liked some of the ideas that GXP attempted to... Uh, attempted, one of which was reintroducing Serio back in. Uh, I think it was interesting to have him go from, you know, this kind of snotty Jiraiyan guy to, you know, a guy who has to work hard to get what he has. And uh, even even if half the time he is played off for a goop, nice to see him reintroduced at least to do something. I, do, I will agree with what GG had said earlier in that, you know, one of the few things I liked about GXP was that we got to see the Galaxy Police. Well, you know, we did have a few gal uh, a few glimpses of the Galaxy Police in the past. Uh, we never really, you know, delved into the academy. We never delved into the school aspect. You know, granted, the GP that we see in Universe and the GP that we see in the OVA are two radically different things. But it is nice to see. You know, it's 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 nice to leave the Masaki household, like Hiro Megan mentioned. It's nice to finally get out of the house and, you know, look at other things that are going on in this big, vast universe and, you know, actually seeing missions and stuff, like things you would expect, for the most part, the Galaxy Police to do. I also agree with uh, Pi, what he said earlier. Uh, director, good old NB Nabashin self-insert was a nice way to keep the show, you know, kind of on the up and up and uh, not let it drag down like it it ends up doing later on and th really throughout the series but uh other than that i really don't have a whole lot that i like about the show those are the only positives that i can really think of what did you not like about the show 
if anything? The big things I didn't like... When I first watched the show, I really didn't have a problem with it at all. I mean, it started out strong, and as it drew out, it it went downhill a little bit, but it wasn't anything terrible until I got to episode 17, and that's where I was... That's where it started really heading south for me. When I went back and rewatched the old, the OVAs, and then when I went back and did GXP again, I noticed all of the retcon. And the big ones were, to me anyway, Washu made Fuku. Now, at the end of OVA 2, she says she's never going to make another uh, real Oki again. She swears to Funaho she'll never do it again, but she does because reasons. Now, apparently it's because, oh, well, Tenchi asked her to because he was worried about Sena, which, whatever, it's, it seems like it just it's a big plot convenience as far as I'm concerned. And the other one is when Katsuhito Yosho, in front of everybody... You know, he, he made, again, in OVA 2, he made a big attempt to hide his real age and his real identity from everybody. He only showed it to Fanaho in OVA 2. But then, now all of a sudden, in GXP, it's cool if his big secret's blown to everybody. He he shows what he really looks like in front of Ryoko, Tenchi, Aika, and Sena. And the big one that gets me there is he shows it to Aika, which... In the first OVA, it, they made it very clear that no, he is an old man now, and she, you know, she she doesn't really want anything to do with him anymore because of his age. You know, she can't. But when OVA two came about, oh well, it turns out he's really, you know, he's old, but he doesn't look that old. He still looks like a young man. And now in GXP, she can know because reasons. I I. <laughs> That's what I don't like about GXP. Some of the bigger things that I don't like about GXP. I I will say I am a strong supporter, and I'm try I try not to get too technical with the show because I point I've seen some of those flaws also. I will also say about most for the most part that that part I was I kind of I kind of shook it off. I mean the show did go downhill a little bit, not like. You guys probably got more technical than I did because, you know, I went in with that mindset that I talked about earlier. But I did notice a couple things. First, first thing about the Yosho thing, yeah, that was that was too much. Like, that kind of sold, that, like, completely sold Aika on, like, Tenshi. He's like, oh, I'm an old man now. You can't marry me. You can have my grandson. He's like, okay. And that's, like, that kind of done it. But then, it, it, then again, it's, like, its own separate thing. The second thing I would probably say didn't like the whole luck thing, that lost me almost immediately. I thought that was ridiculous the first time I heard that. I was like, luck, luck, that's that's the base thing. He's he's got bad luck. That's 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 what it is. And they're they're saying that and they try to make it sound like it was a special skill. I was like, how does that have anything to do with pirates and crap like that? It's like I understand you can get unlucky and like run into them, but it's like that can't be considered a skill or a talent. That's a it's not that's not what it is it's bad luck and then they're like oh it's so bad he hurts himself all the time yay it's like there's a comic relief right there got that but he hurts himself oh yeah and then it's like all all the girls get rid of his bad luck that's where i was about i was starting to doubt 
how this was I started out the series real bad on that one. I did not like how they said how they introduced that and how they like did that. I just didn't like the bad luck aspect whatsoever because I thought it was like that was my that was where I drew the line right there. That's where I drew the line. I was like, okay, bad. Okay, so this entire thing is about bad luck, a kid with bad luck, and how he goes through. It's like that was my was my turning point. It's like I liked the show, but I could not understand why they would just do that. Like they went. It's like they like I can believe the stuff that it was in Tenchi. Like that, like at least had some sort of logic. Well, maybe I'm I'm not gonna be like complete. I'm not gonna compare that much, but like bad luck. I'm I'm not gonna say this enough. Like it just didn't really. I didn't get that. I don't know why they decided to go with that as like what. It's like what because they pretty much like use it to like just write him off and make him get into all these situations and I get that but it's like it's like it's all about probability and stuff like that they're like trying to do science with it I was like you can't do science with bad luck like you it's probability that's a that's a math and a science but it's like you got to draw the line somewhere and the bad luck was just not my cup of tea and I don't like what they did to like make sure that the girls stay with him for like ever. And I didn't, that was another thing. And then the last thing I will say, because I don't want to take too much time, but I will say, and how the giant, I like the giant robot and how they did that. But then it was like, Oh, you have a seat connected to you. Now you're in line for the little throne. I was like, what? Like this ain't this ain't like he's getting in by marriage. Like he's in because he got linked to a tree. It's like what is what happened to the other person that was linked to the tree? And they didn't go into too much depth on the tree other than it was a royal tree seed. Ridiculous. And I was I was like you just you're just gonna let this guy in because he's because he linked the tree. I was like I know you got rules, but I think that was a little far fetched also, in the fact that it's like all this far fetched stuff. It's like I can't. It's like, I'll be on board, but I'm not going to like it. I had, as to what I don't like, I mean, I had a hard time processing or having any relation to or liking really the characters other than maybe Kirito. Uh, not Kirito. Uh, Kiriko, I keep saying that. He's not the character from Sword Art Online. It's important. I understand they tried to go with a slapstick ang- angle and try to make it more funny, but a lot of the funny was just, this is kind of sad. It's it's not really funny. It's just, you know, the guy needs to be put in a giant bubble somewhere and, you know, left to fend for himself while somebody takes care of him. The The pirates all seemed way over the top and ridiculous. There's no reason to fear them. Tarrant was the only one that was ever shown that had any kind of a mean streak. And even when he's staring down Sena after he's collected the cabots or whatever, it's like, I'm going to shoot you or stab you or we're going to have a sword fight or whatever, and I'm going to monologue. But you don't feel like there's any menace. There, I mean, you've, the music kind of plays into that. It, it's always kind of upbeat, comical stuff. It, it was also a kind of an issue being that GXP was the first series that went full CG style uh, art. So it was all extremely bright and clean versus what we had experienced before with cell shaded artwork. 
so it was you know it didn't have that naturalist hand brushed look to it so that was a, a knee-jerk reaction by a lot of fans back in the day as hero kind of mentioned the kind of way overboard sexualization of things throughout the show that's just it's just kind of thrown in there but you don't really see for a purpose i mean all these girls are attracted to him for whatever reason they all physically appear to be twice his age and they're all much taller much more buxom you know whatever and Sana has no other than him being the white knight character he has no really redeeming qualities I mean, he's got more to him than Tenchi necessarily does for what time period we get to see of him. You know, the OVAs in overall are shorter than what you get out of GXP. But kind of like Seto, she's this schemer, kind of over-the-top matchmaker that to some extent has more authority than even the Jirayan Emperor. And it's all just very weird mismatched together into this pile and then you're just supposed to ride with it and then there's serious moments and then it goes right back to being totally off the wall it just feels like a jigsaw puzzle that was kind of put together and then dropped on a floor and some pieces stayed and some pieces kind of flipped upside down some are disjointed now with that said the thing we don't know is that Kajishima went and said I'm I don't like how GXP turned out the anime anyway so he went and wrote a series of novels. Now, nobody so far has done anything more than really summaries of those novels. So we're not real sure, did he fix it and go a different direction? Or is it still all kind of crazily mixed up? So, you know, I don't have a problem with other people liking it, and there's other things in there. I just found it extremely hard to relate to the characters, to care about the characters, this universe, they, the only reason the people in power have power in this universe isn't because they're admirable or strong or, you know, their agility stat is 99. It's because they were privileged. They attached themselves to some superpower that's like a chosen, like, you know, Tsunami and the drying trees. Or you're part of some mega family somewhere that has clout. And that's why you're important in this universe. Not because you have individual merits. And as Hero said, you know, the luck thing, I can I can ride with the luck thing, but it's it's like really? That that's the whole basis. Well, let's see here. Um for the sake of time here, speaking of uh we've somebody uh it was Hero saying uh, such and such is like, well that wasn't my cup of tea. So speaking of cups of tea there, um, just this is, uh, you know, this is entirely subjective here. It's why did I not like it? It's very subjective, but but straight up it's uh, it was kind of touched on uh, upon uh, not just the 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 etchy throughout it, um, some of that, some fan service, sure, um, even if it serves no lar larger purpose, sure, okay, but um, you know, I, I was uh, I was off the wagon, so to speak, of Tenchi fandom um, when GXP came out, and then I came back into the fandom, and so I kind of I kind of here and there, you know, intentionally or un and sometimes unintentionally got the gist of GXP and found out, oh yeah, you know, it's um, you know, it's it's a uh, harem ending, you know, he gets them all, you know, it, that kind of thing, and that that's why I personally I don't I don't like 
the idea of Tenshi going that way is like I'm like well then why why would I why, why do I care you know what I mean like these girls are fighting for his affections but um, and I don't really watch these shows either but the reason the the suspense is there on the on like the Bachelor or the Bachelorette you know who's he or she gonna end up with who's gonna be the one well you know surprise all of them nobody gets sent home they're they're with all of them like well then then where's the what's the point of the drama what do you care like kind of like jg said i i I don't know why i'd be along for the long haul um if he's just gonna gonna uh you know marry them all whoop de doo that that's great um but uh uh my my big thing uh was something that turned me off initially uh, was um and i'm glad uh here you kind of mentioned i when i had heard uh, I won't get into that more, but yeah, the uh, the um, the whole point of the secession of a th- of a throne and a royal family is that there's lineage and stuff, um, which JG said is in that universe to the point of it hampering, um, you know, plot or or uh, protagonist development or things like that. And yet, oh, it turns out any uh, John or Jane Doe that gets um, you know gets hooked up with with uh, first generation seed boom you're you're congratulations you're the new emperor wow okay uh but no what, what i didn't like really turned me off was i'm uh, sorry to say uh, i probably judged her you know very prematurely because of this and uh, i wish i could have judged this character more on her own merit and as a as a separate character but no kajishima had to go and have another character named ryoko why would you do that? I mean, just, just, just not. Why would you do that? You're do, you're, you're, you're the guy who's riding on the coattail of. Oh, I, I made the characters for Tenchi Muyo. Everyone knows Tenchi Muyo. Here's a series that it's a spinoff of Tenchi Muyo. You have Tenchi Muyo in the title, and then you go and name one of your main characters the same first name as you had with your other iconic main character. Uh, that's, you know, that that's. That's senseless to me, and it and it, it's it's you know for that like I said for that poor character it's it's shooting yourself in the foot before you even uh, get out of the gate. Um, that character had no survival chance. Um, I'm sure I'm not the only one, and, and that's unfortunate. And you can say I didn't give her a fair chance. That's fine, uh, absolutely. But there's no reason for him to have done that. And now that you've had on a, a more recent casts and recent developments of the whole um, Hayashi Kajishima thing, the Kione. Uh, Makibi Kione Masake thing that fits right in with unfortunately I gotta say that seems to fit in with his behavior of just um, mm, I like that name I'm gonna take it and put it on this character like like it's an outfit and you can just do that um, that 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 irked me really did uh, obviously I'm a big Ryoko fan um, but yeah that that's that's pretty much my piece on on things that that, that bugged me about it what do I not like about GXP well, I will second most of every, what everything everyone else has said so far, in particular the fan service and XG element of this series. Don't get me wrong. OVA1 had, an, had, a, had the Onsen episode. Universe had an, had an Onsen episode. actually had a couple here and there. It starts becoming a bit of a problem when about half the episodes, one-third to one-half of the episodes of a series, have naked women in bathhouses all the time. That's all. That's 90% of what I saw Sainis crew doing when they weren't out running around space. They were in a bathhouse lounging around or chasing Saina around. Uh, it it's nice to have that maybe once as a joke, maybe once with some serious elements to it. But 
it starts becoming drilled into the ground after a couple times. So that was way overdone. Um, now, another thing that was a bit... There was something I found that very annoying about the series was the deus ex machina aspect of the series. Five... I count one, two, three, four, five times in this series where the crew is essentially cornered into a... In, essentially backed into a corner... They have no other recourse, and suddenly something from out of nowhere that no one else predicted cropped up. Nothing that's been foreshadowed, nothing that's been alluded to in previous episodes, just magically manifests to save the crew's life. Episode 2, Mikigami, Seto just appears out of nowhere and decides to take take all these pirates and arrest them under uh, penalty of death when Sena is traveling to, traveling to the immigration station for the first time. And where the hell was she? Why was she there? Okay, okay, that's happened. Then in episode 10, Sena's backed into a corner. Terrence essentially stalking him through the corridors of, his, of the ship. Kiriko whips off her, her GP uniform and reveals a combat uniform, cloaks herself, and proceeds to kill pretty much everyone and every pirate she runs across until she gets to Sena and Tarrant, which she's never shown homicidal tendencies like that ever again. Why is that there? Why does she do this? Is it, does he, she magically have this ability to just destroy everything in her, in her path when she's angry? She's angry half the, in about half the show when she's frustrated or flustered with the other girls. You don't see her massacring people left, right, and center with a, some kind of split personality sort of complex. Also, episode 12, uh, they're run, they they the crews running running away from a bunch of pirate guilds, and they don't have weapons to take them out. So what do they do? Well, they wait for Ryooki to appear. Ryooki hap, just happened to be flying to Jirai for whatever reason, and got involved in the conflict, whips some ass, and then say, "Okay, hi, I'm Ryooki." Woof, gone again. Where was Ryo why was Ryooki there? What what's the point? Why can't Sena get himself out of his own jams? It happens again three episodes later in episode fifteen. Not only does Ryooki show up this time, but the Chobi Maru shows up from from OVA series three, which the Chobi Maru should be either half damaged or in horrible disrepair after what Ryooki and Ryoko did to it in OVA series three. Uh, moreover, the pi the commander of the ship, which is Mashisu from over, over series three, shouldn't she be on doing the Kuramitsu right with her husband for ten years, which was his sentence from the end of OVA three? That's another kettle of fish there. Uh, but you have two gigantic battleships that are saving Fuku because Fuku's suddenly scared when she was fine doing combat the episode previous. Then, of course, there's the Zimv at Idol that crops up in the last couple episodes. That one, at least you have an episode of build-up before you see it go full six Lighthawk wing, uh, uber mode, combines with Fuku, and proceeds to pretty much tear the Daedalus a new, uh, a new hole to uh, excrement through. Um, there's a lot of things that just pop out of nowhere conveniently to save Sena's rear, which kind of makes you wonder, wait a minute, didn't he isn't he supposed to have bad luck? So, another bit of business on 
G, what I didn't like about GXP was the constant breaking of laws and skirting it under the carpet. So in particular, the entire point of Sena being on uh, in the galaxy police is supposed to be a mistake. Amane went to Earth. She was delivering something to the Tenshin Company, which we don't even know what the hell she was delivering because it was in a, pa in a paper bag uh, and Sena left on the doorstep. We don't know what the hell that thing was. Um, but Amane just happens to find Sana there. So what does she do? Oh, you, you've survived me crashing into you. Here, here's a pamphlet for the Galaxy Police. Three episodes late, or two episodes later, when they actually get to the immigration station, there's this big blow up between Kiriko and Amane. And one of the things is, Sana is supposed to be pure blood Terran, pure blood from Earth. He's not supposed to be aware of ex of extraterrestrial civilizations yet. They make a big deal about that, and it's supposed to be forbid taboo against the law, forbidden. Uh, Amane gets a slap on the wrist. Oh, you did bad. Go teach get go, go teach classes for however long I feel like to do it. I'm sorry. That's not that's not what you do to someone who's just broken a big tenant, the prime directive, so to speak. Uh, we shall not interfere. Prime directive from the Federation and Star Trek. That's kind of what we're supposed to be alluding to here. And Amane breaks it and gets away with it, for, for essentially for all intents and purposes. Or maybe no, she got a slap on the wrist. Come on, seriously, I don't believe that. Uh, not only that, but they start flaunting this fact uh, when Elma starts. Uh, Getting to know Sena. One thing that she does is she takes takes him and actually they do experiments on a what have you. Uh, the academy essentially shanghai's people and starts doing tests on them uh, to do research. And she flaunts, "Oh wait, we've got this Earthling that we could we could do tests on here." Uh, oh wait, uh, Serio makes a big deal. Oh, you're that Earthling that I ran across. Guys, you're showing your shame of how you've broken the law. And no one's going to call you on it? Come on, if this thing's supposed to be so so taboo and so against the law, why is everyone acting like it's not a big deal? Then, then, there's the whole ep thing that happens in episode 16 with uh, Neji, the uh, little short green-haired girl, the Sasami wannabe. She's supposed to be a high priestess of Melmas. She's got... Uh, ridiculous telepathic power. She can mind control people. She can affect the uh, collective consciousness. Uh, she's got all these ridiculous high-end powers, and she's stepping down. She's supposed to go into protective custody. Uh, she's Essentially, she's retiring from her position. And one of those things, requirements of her re retirement is to stay on her home planet. Oh, Sato picks her up and drops her on Earth, and, and you see her crop up in ep in, in, at the end of episode 16. Which, wait... You just took a foreign national from another planet and t over to another planet that's not supposed to know about alien, alien life at all. Shouldn't that cause an international incident that you just kidnapped someone who is a big political figure from over here to, and taken take him over there? Yes. Am I aware that they do have a body double? Yes, they have a body double. Ooh, fancy. Whoop-de-doo. That doesn't change the fact that it happened. Just because Saint Seto says it's okay doesn't mean it should, should occur. Then there's the whole thing with Jiraiyan Customs. How many times did we watch, watch Amane, Kiriko, or anyone else in full view of other, of other characters who probably should not be aware of this start, start talking about state secrets of Jirai? Uh, 
who, what, the, all the people who are in the Masaki family, how powerful the Masaki family is, how secret the Masaki family is supposed to be. Oh, wait, Kiriko also mentions, and I heard somewhere that Tenshi has a special power. I don't know what it is, but I heard he has a special power. How is she supposed to even know that Tenshi has a special power? Isn't that supposed to be a ridiculously heavily guarded secret on Jirai? Uh, all these things would be capital punishment under pretty much any law system you have on in in the universe, or at least on Earth. Uh, how can they get away with this? This is also because uh, also along different different uh, governmental bodies. You have Jirai, you have the Galactic Union, which they do mention the Galactic Union as being a distinct political entity by, at this point. And I'm assuming Melmas and the Renza Feder uh, Federation are different political bodies as well. Does Seto know enough people that she can get away with murder if she wants to? I mean, a lot of this just doesn't make sense as to how they can get away with it. Um, then, lastly, the last thing I'll go into, because I don't want to go into all the con contradictions with the OVA-1, because Craze already alluded to a couple with Yosho. I could go to go on days about Ryuoki uh, and Ryuo, but I won't. Sena's career in the Galaxy Police. Again, we're led to believe from Episode 1 that Sena's supposed to be the most unlucky person in the entire bloody galaxy. That's why he can attract pirates, is because his luck's so terrible, the pirates will, he'll appear, pirates will appear wherever he goes. He's going to be trailed by pirates the rest of his life. But wait, Sena's career in the Galaxy Police. He lucks into it because Amane happens to find him. Uh... He gets three female instructor, instructors who get to live with him, uh, which that's horribly questionable and unprofessional. Uh, he's supposed to be in the Galaxy Police Academy, but you see him only actually in class once and on the track once. How the hell can he end up commanding a starship? Uh, then, on the first voyage... Uh, what's going on? These these students are not even being overseen. How is he supposed to learn anything if you don't show him what, he, what to do? Where is the education of this Galaxy Academy that we're supposed to be led to believe is so is so important in this universe? Then, when Sane is attacked by Tarrant, he freezes up. So he freezes up in episode 10. Okay, he's scared. He has a little. He even ha seems to have a little, uh, little after effect because the next two episodes he flashes back to that incident where he's kind of he kind of hesitates. He, 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 he has, has some flashbacks. So, okay, you have this guy who has not been battle-tested. What do you do with him? You give him his own command, of course. That seems like a bad reward system. Uh, you're rewarding someone who, under pressure, cracked. That, that makes no sense. Why would you give someone who cracked a command over other people? Not only the fact that when, he, when did he learn to command a battleship? Um, then there's the fact that battleship... What makes him able to get Washu's latest battleship, regardless of the fact whether or not the battleship should exist in, in the first place? But he get he this new this newbie this no one gets the best the best most recent issue version of Professor Genius Washu's battleship to go chase pirates. What? What what deems him worthy to have such a thing? Why should why shouldn't the Galaxy Army, who by the way tries to steal the damn thing in the last in the last part, few episodes, why can't they get it? They're the ones who are actually would actually be dueling uh, actually dueling war. Why shouldn't they have this badass battleship? Uh, let's see. Also, Sena, and this is something that kind of made me scratch my head. Sena is pure blood Earthling. That's something that's been drilled into the earth in the in the first step of up several episodes. 
how can he communicate with Funaho? When he first meet, when he runs into Yosho after having a race with Tenshi, falls off a mountain and what have you, he lands next to the Funaho, the holy tree. And when he's talking to Yosho back and forth, he suddenly is hears another voice that no one else hears. And Yosho pretty much looks at him and says, oh, so you're talking to her. Points behind him, and there's the tree Funaho. He can hear Funaho's words when no one else can. When do, how can he do that? Similarly, that ties into why he can actually control the idol with that first-generation tree bud. How? He's supposed to be earthling, right? If he's pure earthling, how can he do this? Isn't that only a Jirai thing? Isn't that supposed to be their, their shtick? Then, uh, Saina spends all, so much time lounging around, uh, even with his duel with Serio, Kanemitsu, who's one of uh, Seto's right hands, uh, decides to essentially have him uh, get prepared for combat. He goofs around and lands around, and he idly mentions that he learned how to use the sword. He hasn't used the sword the entire bloody series! When did he learn how to use the sword, let alone be good enough to fight someone with, with Serio's talent, which, again, we're led to believe that he actually has uh, a significant amount of talent as well with the blade. We, of course, never see it, even with a duel with Tenshi. Then, let's see, Sainus third in line to, to Jiraiya's throne. That was another thing that Scraze has already mentioned. What the hell? What's going on here? And lastly, last thing I'm going to even mention in any of this stuff is... Uh, Sana's family at the end comes to see him marry nine female characters. It's a, uh, yeah, he marries all of them, even Fuku, because Iri even says so. Uh, but even believing that, even believe that that should be accepted. Last but certainly not least, his family gets brought on, me, on board Mikigami and taken to the dark side of the moon to see his wedding. Aren't they from a primitive society like Sana, and they're and it's taboo to show them this stuff? There's that doesn't make sense. If you if this is law, why you keep breaking it every time you turn around? Good. Now, it could okay. Say you take it up, take him up there. The Seto's fix for this supposedly supposedly is to wipe their memories of everything that they see. Oh wait, how cruel is that to have essentially let them see their their boy's wedding to all these women, regardless of the legality or the uh, particulars of it. And then wipe their memory of the entire event. That w what I, I'm 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 dumbfounded. And and then there's all the fun part, fun things with OVA one. But I'm done. Very well spoken, Pi. You know, I know that me and Pi and a few others had gone over many many of these things a few days ago before we went into the GXP cast. You know, one of the things that Pi had touched on and that I absolutely 100% agree with and that the show utterly failed at was coherent storytelling. There are so many times where something pops into the show literally once, is never explained why, is never touched on ever again, and that's, you know, that's only talking about semi-unimportant stuff. Some of the most important things that are integral to the plot are given so little screen time, or not at all, and are quickly panned to bikini contest or you know some other gimmicky fan service and it's like really so that really important tree ceremony that Kiriko has doesn't even happen on screen you know so many things are hand waved you know the term plot convenience has been abused by the show to literal death 
90% of everything that happens in this show is plot convenience. It's just hand-waved. It's, oh, well, you know, whatever. No, no, not whatever. The whole point is to show us why that's important, why that's brought up. You know, and I, I personally think it's one of the things that absolutely murdered this show. You know, it's one of the things that really hurt it bad was the fact that, and this is something that happens throughout the OVA line after OVA 1, you know, and OVA 3 in particular had this really jarring problem, is the fact that they don't hold, they don't, the people involved with creating it and writing the story are not holding themselves accountable to the current plot continuity. They're just assuming, uh, and I'm, I'm going to put this right on Kajishima, they're assuming that, oh, well, if I can't tell it here, I'll just write it somewhere else. Don't mind my vulgarity here, but that's shit storytelling 101. You know, you do not do that. That's pacing suicide. You do not do that. You do not have, oh, well, you know, one of, one of the things I love that Sana did was like, well, you know, combat is, it, it's basic. You don't have to know. What do you mean combat is basic? Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Bad Luck, Mr. Ironically enough, Bad Luck who lucks in everything. Even, even... You know, we're, we're going to go forward two series here. Even in Seikishi, War on Geminar, the reason that uh, Kenshi is so good at what he does is because he was trained, supposedly, again, plot holes, plot convenience, he was trained every day for 15 years. That's why he can do what he can do. It's, it's way far out there and it's a stretch, but it makes more sense than, uh, you know, whatever. Again, plot convenience, hand waved. Oh well, you know, I learned combat. It's 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 basic. It's like what? Like no, you you don't just become a good fighter. You don't just become. You don't just become. It's not. It's that's not something that you you can just throw away at, or you can just say off in jest. One of the things that uh, Pi brought up was the fact that apparently the core units of the uh, of the Jirian ships they they can fly. They can they can go into space. They don't actually need that big bulky ship. So explain to me then why Ryuo needs a new ship hull in the first place. What was the whole point of doing that in OVA one? Or what was the whole point of showing that in the first two OVA period? Why 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 did Washu have to do that? Another thing that we also have to ask ourselves is the fact that what is it? Pi Amane says something about knowing that Ryuo is on Earth. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Uh, she was labeling off all the people who are ridiculously overpowerful on or on Jirai in episode 17, and actually mentions that Ryuo is still regarded as a royal ship, and then Seto proceeds to explain that the royal ship is actually just the core unit, doesn't need the fuselage. The fuselage is actually a limiter, according to what Seto says. How would she even know that Ryuo was still working? How would she? Because Ryuo, the last time we saw her, was in a sub was in a sub dimension that Washu had created. We, at, as far as we knew, Ryuo wasn't even working. The last time we saw Ryuo, it was growing, but it, we didn't know any of that. Like again, it, they're alluding to things that have never been explained and are and are never brought up ever again. And it's just kind of like, why? Another one of the things that really, really, really irked me was the fact that. They build up these bad guys, these antagonists. Serio is brought up, not necessarily a bad guy, a traditional villain, but he's an antagonist to Sena, and he works hard. Tarant, a bad guy. They build him up to be a bad guy. He's a villain. He can do all of these things. He strangles Fuku clones, blah, blah, blah. 
he is set up to be this this badass. And then it's just hand-waved. Like, oh, you know, comedic relief. Why even build him up in the first place? Why? What's the point? When, at the very beginning of the show, or near the beginning of the show, all Seto has to do to fight the pirate guild is pop in and be like, boop, I gotcha. So what, what is the point of building up to a point where, I believe it's Fuku and the one ship, I don't remember. Uh, help me on this one, Pi. Mitsuki. Fuku and Mitsuki. Fuku goes into Mitsuki and is able to access the Lighthawk wings to destroy the one pirate guild. Why? What's the point? If the pirate guilds are, e are, are that easy to overcome and that easy to turn on and whatever, what's the point in this overkill? It's, it's just it's ego stroking. Like, it's trying to make the character look cool. Pretty sure most people aren't looking at Seto and those characters like that anyway. That's just my opinion. But what's the point? There's no point to it. It's a waste of buildup. It's a waste of time. You know, and it just I don't want to go on this too much more because that's pretty that's pretty much the entirety of its problem. It's plot convenience. Oh well, this happened. Oh well, this happened. It's just like that. I just want to I just want to say this right now. Some people who probably who will probably say, oh well, this was this was explained here. This was explained there. This was explained in a doujin. This was explained in a novel. That doesn't help the show. The camera doesn't lie. The show doesn't just magically get better because a book came out. The show still sucks ass because it's because it's it's pacing is all over the place. It hand waves half the things that happen in the show. It doesn't explain half the things that happen in the show. That's bad storytelling. The guy, it, it, it's you do not do that. And just because you explain it later on also does not mean that it makes sense. So many the Ryuo thing. This was the first that we heard of it. You know, I what would. Again, OVA 1, OVA 2, what's the whole point in trying to build Ryuo again if if Aika can just get in Ryuo and fly back to Jirai? Like, so many things, so many things that are brought in, explained, and never touched on again that are extremely important to what's going on. Especially for a show that's supposed to be in the quote-unquote OVA continuity proper is just literally shoveling things at you, and they don't make sense. And the final, the final part of that is the fan service. You know, Ed, we like like Pi had mentioned, we had fan service a little bit here and there. We had OVA OVA episode four, but they were all done tastefully. It wasn't panned up. The direction was not at them in those episodes. Universe had some of those, but they were never ever, you know, like stereotypical, you know, under the under the butt, you know, directing shot or stereotypical jiggle shot. Like it, it was all done tastefully. <laughs> so much of GXP is that. And it's it's really jarring. Again, coming from the last at this point, for many fans, myself included, we came from Tenchi Forever. We had seven years of Tenchi under our belt. We knew what Tenchi was for all intents and purposes. And then we get thrown into this, and it's it doesn't really feel like Tenchi. You know, it it's we're told it's Tenchi. It has the Tenchi name. There are Tenchi characters that pop up, despite not sounding like them at all. But you know, it's there's just such a jarring disconnect. And I'll leave it. I'll leave it finally. I know. I, I know I said it was done before. Tenshi Muyo GXP is the only show, the only show, on New Toonami that was basically canceled because it was moved multiple time slots because it was raiding poison. That speaks volumes.
All right, we are going to open it up to uh, some small general discussion as we have broken the one-hour time barrier. Um, the connection with Duel, let me first add a little line in there. I think the reason the, the trees could talk to each other between the different ships was it was mentioned somewhere, I can't cite a reference, but the trees had some connection at a lower like subspace level and they could communicate with each other and back with Tsunami um, so they knew that they existed or whatever. But if apparently, like in GXP, like you said, it's hand-waved, and I'll get to that in a real quick second. But going into its ties with Duel, GXP has a lot of references to Duel in several places, particularly three episodes. The first main one being the 21st episode, Reckoning, where Kirito and Seto and that, they start showing off Kirito's ship, um... And they go into talking, like Pi mentioned, that the outer shell is a limiter. It holds the armaments of the ship. The ships don't like to fight. There's a huge space inside the ship that can literally pretty much generate life. Um, it has endless power supplies. It has all of this other stuff. And that was only a second-generation ship. It wasn't even a first. Um, but then you get into episode 24, which even the title is a reference to dual saying parallel. Which it has no other place in being there without it being a reference to Duel. And you see the idol, which is the GXP mecha that is a um, almost a twin of Zenv or Jinbu from Duel Parallel Trouble Adventure. Um, there's a lot of different stuff with Duel and GXP. Like, they'd go into, in the next episode, 25 Graduation, when Sena gets brought before the Emperor and Seto and several other important key people. Um, and they show you the interior of the idol and that it has a Dryan uh, tree seed from a billion, with a B, years ago, where apparently some other organization, group, or culture, which we're believing is officially referenced as the Precursors, um came to Jirai, which yet they say that was before Jirai was Jirai, because Jirai, in terms of a political or an entity, was originally a pirate guild themselves, and they had no planet, um, came to that location and apparently spoke with Tsunami, and an interstellar traveler was sent off with these two seeds as like a gift, a going-away present, who knows what. Apparently, it's kind of like Tokimi, where she just decides on a whim to create chaos in the universe, and here, have two of the most powerful energy sources in existence, and do what you will with them. So, it's a very old thing. If you watch both Duel and GXP, you can see where there's a lot of ties, where Duel, they don't know what technology they're playing with. They're in a different parallel dimension on Earth, and they're messing with technology that doesn't belong there. And so they're referencing it as an Earthling would and not knowing what they're playing with. There's some stuff that relates back to GXP. When you're talking about Duel, Koski bonded with the bonding plate that's found in the construction site, which then mates him to the mechanoid, whereas Saiyan just says, well, you bonded with it because you were in the thing for a while. Um, there's also different things talking about the WoW planet and the idol being from a hero many, many millennia ago, uh, before the grandfather, grandfather's time that came in and vanquished their enemy and then left the Mecca there. Um, it's also evident that the idol has been in a previous battle at some point because it's cracked all over the top orbs on either shoulder or have been smashed in, 
Um, it's got other problems, and then it miraculously merges with the Kamadaki to get all powered up. And then there's the question of the Lighthawk Wings. Zenv only had two Lighthawk Wings, and I think if you really look at it, there's only two wings that are built off of the idol. If you really slow down the footage, it creates two wings, and then those wings spread out and have little offshoots and all kinds of other stuff, which we've seen other characters do uh, here and there. So it's probably that it still has two wings, but there may be more available to it after the fusion with the Kamadaki, so it's hard to really tell. It's been a point of contention for many years. The whole thing of having a powerful tree attached to you puts you in line for the throne. It makes sense in terms of a power struggle, but it doesn't make sense because you may have this total, you know, wimp, new, poisonous person to your empire sit on the throne. And then suddenly everybody's worried about Yosho. You know, contact Yosho. There's this line of succession issue now. Well, he doesn't really care, claims Irie. You know, which doesn't make a lot of sense anyway because Yosho was the one that ran away from the throne and said, here, Tenchi, take my place. I don't want anything to do with these people. So, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting things there. But the core unit terminology, the limiter terminology, uh, the science at a foundational level, even uh, Seto says that she goes and speaks with Tsunami about where did this tree seed come from and where it, all that. And so there was two seeds and these were sent off, but we don't know where the other one is. Well, the other one is Zenv and Duel. Now, what exactly happened in order to get it there is kind of questionable, but we know some of the back history is that a group of pirates came against the civilization that had settled on Earth, and they made kind of like an Atlantis of sorts, and then D fled with uh, Zenv and apparently crashed back into Earth with another warship along with the Jirayan battleship that was chasing them. So there may have been some kind of thing in the past where they tried to reclaim the tree seed that they felt was rightfully theirs and attack these people because at that point in time they were still pirates. So it's an interesting backstory to the whole GXP thing. It doesn't play as much into War on Geminar as you would think because that's, according to Kajishima, his intended original vision for duel was Geminar, so it's kind of rough to see much correlation there but it's important to note as well that again back to the novels novel three and novel four of gxp have mitsuki sonata from duel another parallel version of herself in there along with her father uh, apparently they are ai constructs in the gp mainframe along with sana's data that has somehow constituted itself as like a virtual construct and he's got problems and the other two ai have to help him so she's in there again with a different name i believe it's uh mitsuki ranata and hiroshi ranata but you know that type of thing is seen throughout the system it's even in some of the dojins you know there was a duel and gxp crossover which is pretty i mean it's in a dojin he made but it's still pretty much unofficial you could say so the thing to think of is one complements the other, and you can learn a lot more about the underlying workings of the universe if you study them both at face value. You know, what are the characters in the series experiencing from their point of view? What would, uh, would you have done anything different in GXP? Oh, yes. Um, in particular, there are a couple 
things in the series that are alluded to or that are allusions to other series. For example, the grappler ships. All most of, almost all the pirate ships are grappler ships, which seem to be an allusion to say Outlaw Star. It would have been nice to see like Outlaw Star style combat in this kind of series. Uh, similarly, the uh, tyrant ship actually is is called the uh, the Daedalus, which, not too surprisingly, might be a allusion to Macross's Daedalus, which is the one of uh, I think the right arm of the Macross when it's in its transformed state. It, those two things are well known for some serious combat power. It would have been lovely to see them actually live up to those uh, namesake potentials and actually. See, actually, see more combat. Again, the Galaxy Police is supposed to be a military or paramilitary organization, and while we see them see them luring out pirates for the for the Jirai to take down, we don't see as much of the Galaxy Police doing well Galaxy Police things. Despite the uh, film that Santa was shown in episode two. Um, Let's see, other things that could have been done. The body enhancement that Santa goes through in episode, I think, six or seven. You think with the ability to run ridiculously fast around that track or to do sit-ups at, at breakneck speed that the combat in the hand-to-hand -hand combat with, uh, say, for example, Tarrant or Serio would have been equally as fast or fast-paced. And imagine getting hit with a punch moving that quickly. It'd be like combating the Flash. Now, you might have an entire team full of Flashes, but even then you'd start seeing like cracks in the wall. You'd start seeing uh, battle aura type stuff. You, you'd think that with that kind of uh, body enhancement, you'd start seeing uh, either DC Comics level or D DBZ level combat before too long. And that seems like something that was mentioned and then dropped. Never never really talked about again. Um, I would have loved to see more of Tarrant and Kiriko being badass. Uh, that kind of ties in with the uh, I think this is kind of a theme of more, more combat for the Galaxy Police. You know, show them being police. Um... In episode 17, it is mentioned that Tarrant came back to the pirate guilds with his arm in a sling and what have you. I actually, the first time I saw that, presumed that it was because uh, that Sena got beaten by Sena, uh, Sena had beaten uh, Tarrant. But turns out, according to Ryoko Bolota, as well as I think Amani or Kiriko, I forget which, uh, Tarrant had actually come to Earth looking for Sena's parents to kidnap them, and he ran into the Saki household and got his ass handed to him, which makes me kind of go, why wasn't that shown on screen? That would have been a great opportunity to have another crossover with the uh, mainline Tenchi Muyo characters and actually see them in their forefront, in their element, you know, protecting Earth and uh, keep, keeping people away, pe keeping people safe, keeping themselves safe if Tarrant have actually found out about them. Um, let's see. Also, I mentioned before that Sena, you see a lot of him lounging around during when in times you think he would be doing pre preparation why can't we wouldn't it have been nice to see more combat more strategy where Sane is actually being taught how to be a leader taught to be a fighter uh taught to actually be the galaxy police officer that we want that uh, at least the the viewer should want him to become uh let's see this one's another irksome little thing they mention again that uh, Nagia has this ability to uh affect the collective un collective consciousness and actually uh seto says that they wanted they actually wanted ne uh, neji on the ship and when they were transporting her from uh dry back to her i think her home home world um 
that they wanted to compare Nage's ability to affect the, affect the uh, collective unconscious to Sena's horrible, horrible luck. Uh, there's a little bit of actual lore there where they're compa- or comparing Sena's ability, thinking of it, it might actually be a harnessable power, that he might be able to affect probabilities, that he might be able to manipulate probabilities, a la the Scarlet Witch from Marvel Comics. Um, but it's kind of hand waved again. Uh, it meant it's mentioned then dropped because you never really hear about it again. But it'd be interesting considering Nage's ability allows her to essentially mind control the others because they are all about to strangle her. She essentially that world freezes freezes all four of them before they get close to her, and she starts going on about how she can essentially mind control people. But oh, it's forbidden. Not like forbidden things haven't actually happened in the show. But again, that's dropped. Couldn't that be a great weapon to be to be able to take to help the Kamidake? You have this girl who can manipulate people's minds and freeze them in place. If you could somehow amplify that through the through the Kamidake too, you could freeze the pirate guilds. That would be some, that could be e- that could be something that could be very very handy. Um, other things you could do more with a drying culture. Again, as uh, Dagon mentioned a moment ago. You have this whole tree ceremony with Kiriko but getting bond with Miski. However, instead of seeing that, you get to see uh, Sena get chased by Seto's adjut- uh, adjutants or assistants or whoever they are, the Renza Federation girls, and chasing chasing him around, lots of fan service nonsense going on. You had a golden opportunity to show us what Jirai's like, the inner workings, the inner sanctum of Jirai, and it was thrown aside. It was a lost opportunity, I think. Uh, in mentioning about Seto and her adjutants, really, let's be honest about it. I could have dealt with dealt a lot less with them. There was actually a in when they actually take down the Dharma Pirate Guild in episode 21. Uh, Sena and all four of his uh, crew are stand, are sitting on board the Kamidake too. Seto and her four adjutants are also there, and Seto proceeds to essentially tell Sena, "Stand back, we got this." The four, the five of them, Seto and her four adjutants, take command of the Kamidake 2, use Miski's Lighthawk wings, and destroy the Dharma Guild. Which, wait, wasn't that what Sena was being built up to do? Why not give Sena a win? Why not give him his own opportunity to show what he can do? This seems like a climax in the story, and it's essentially handed over to a character who, honestly, is not the protagonist of the show. That it make why, but long story short, I would have loved to see Sena and his crew do that. Let them earn a win, not just luck into it or have someone else give them a win. Have them actually get the win themselves. That would have been uh, that would have given more force to Sena's character as opposed to like Serio's character, where he's shown doing the hard work. Show me Sena and his crew working their asses off, strategizing, uh, fighting. Commanding the ship, doing the, doing all the crew stuff. That would have been a golden opportunity right there. Also, again, with uh, allusions to other series, again, JG went at length about the connection with Duel. Dude, show me some more Duel. That's one thing I think is JG's tagline is we want more Duel. This would have been a great time to show more Duel. Like dedicate like the second half of the show to how the to the Duel and the and backstory of is the Zimv idol that we see here is that the same Zimv? Was the the was the battle actually Koski sent back in time or from a parallel universe or something and caused caused the idol to be there? Uh, there's there's a lot of possibilities you could have gone in with that and 
they were not extrapolated. They were not pursued. Um, I think this show had a lot, a a a truckload of potential. It really did, but unfortunately, it just was not exploited. I'll just throw this little thing in. Don't even have to keep it, but um, I remember um, this was kind of a thing with uh, OVA three and some Kaji stuff in general. How you know how convoluted it is in terms of uh, I remember. So I you know the actual uh, production end here. You know uh, writer or director whoever would be behind it, or if it was Kajishima himself who did this, but I remember I, I was so struck when I, uh, when I see, when there's a part um, in the first few episodes where Irie literally pulls out a chart and tries to explain to Sena uh, the Tenchi's family tree and the Jorayan uh, royal family and how um, everyone's connected and and Saint is just kind of like, huh? Um, so I'm like, I'm like, even even the people behind it, uh, the characters in the show, and the, the the real people behind the production know. We know, we know this is really, really, really hard to keep track of, but it is what it is. So I just I found that funny. I can just imagine. I'm sure Nabashin tried as hard as he could to save this show, but. Like I think Pi said it when uh, NB's like, you know, basically give me my manhood back. I see that as Nabashin just throwing his hands up, like, yeah, I can't save this turd. You know, my fi- my final word on the thing is, they should the the Tenchi cat and or what I also would have done differently. I would have never put the Tenchi cast in Tenchi Muyo GXP because all it did was, it, it for all intents and purposes, Tenchi Muyo GXP from the very beginning you know it's not going to be about Tenchi. Why put him in there? I mean, I get it. I get some people be like, oh, well, it's a cameo. Not necessarily. Most people, most people don't even really want to watch GXP. They want something with Ryoko and Tenchi and Aiken and Sasami and Mihoshi, blah, blah, blah. All GXP really did was just remind people that this isn't a series about Tenchi. Don't put him in there. You've got so many other things in GXP that, are, that have potential. Don't put the don't put episode seventeen in there. Don't put Ryoko flying around. Don't put Ryooki in there. De- completely devote your time to making everybody love or hate your characters and making sure everything is explained correctly. If they would have taken out episode seventeen, we could have had an extra episode with Tehran. We could have had an extra episode explaining this or explaining that or whatever. But that time got devoted to the the Tenshi cast, which. If you were, like many of us, watched the dub and realized how horribly mismanaged and dubbed that was. Sorry, Rebecca Forstott. It's not your fault, but you're not Aika and you're not Australian. Sorry, Funimation. Get your shit together. Don't devote that time to the Tenshi cast. Devote that time to Sena and Kiriko and Amane and the whole nine yards. That's what, that's what the show's supposed to be about, right? It's supposed to be about them. Devote it 100% to them. You you really want to throw in tie-ins later on? You really want to throw in, oh, well, uh, you know, the Tenchi Gang was actually in GXP. Put it in a novel. Don't put it in the main show. And with that, we are going to wrap up episode 23 of the Tenchi cast. No need for Tenchi Muyo GXP. If you like what you heard and like what we're doing, go check out TenchiForum.com or the never-ending carnival of discussion on Tenchi. 
keeps going and going. Also, be sure to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, iTunes, Tumblr, and every piece of social media that you can think of. Like, subscribe to the video, and until next time, stay gold. Thank <laughs> you.